Good morning, everybody. This is Genevia. And this is Jennifer. And you are tuned in to Soap Talk, where candid conversations cleanse the mind, heal the heart, and encourage the spirit. You are tuned in to our eighth week of season two. Yay! <laughs> it's already March. Can you believe it? It's March already. Uh, so springtime and the weather's changing and Texas is going back and forth. How, how's the weather out there in uh, the Bay Area? The last couple of days have been beautiful. It's actually been quite abnormally warm. It was like 80 degrees. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I was like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> and yesterday was actually really, really nice. Sunny, um, a little breezy. Great day to take a three-year-old to a, to the park. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I, sometimes I'd be like, oh, I wish we were even in California. You guys were here because we can go to the park and hang out and stuff. But yes. in due time, in due time, in God's Amen. time. So, uh, But you are tuned in to um, our episode entitled Disobedient Diva. Envy is not a virtue. And we have our special guest speakers. We have Sister Hubbard with the San Pablo Avenue Church of Christ in Oakland, California. And we have Sister Harden with Sugarland Church of Christ in Sugarland, Texas. But we will have more information about them later on in the episode. But let's take care of a little bit of housekeeping. If you are tuned into our YouTube channel, please click the like and subscribe button below so you can get push notifications every time we post a new episode every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific time. You can find us on our website at www.letsoftalk.org on Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcast. And last but not least, please do not forget to visit us on all of our social media platforms at under Soap Talk Christian Podcast. Now let's Soap Talk. Yes. Thank you, sis, for that wonderful introduction. And now we're going to jump into our scriptural guidance for the episode. So please grab your Bible, your Bible app. If you have neither, then just follow along with me. I'm reading from the King James Version this morning, and it's Proverbs 31:30, and it reads, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jennifer, for reading our scriptural guidance. That's actually one of my favorite verses. I love just Proverbs 31. So that's very good segue into introducing these two beautiful ladies that we have on today with us. Uh, I want to introduce our honored guest. Um, first, we have Sister Shirley Hubbard. She is with the San Pablo Avenue Church of Christ, Oakland, California. And we also have Sister Priscilla Hardin. She is with the Sugarland Church of Christ in Sugarland, Texas. And these are our elders' wives. They're, they're very close and near and dear to, to both of us. So mm -hmm. hi, ladies. How are y'all doing today? Good morning. Good morning. It's a blessing to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. We're thankful. We're excited y'all are on here. We were like, we can't wait till they get on here. <laughs> <laughs> we we were. We were talking about you all and just giving you praises and just talking about how much of a blessing you two are to our lives. So yes, yes, Absolutely. very much so. Very much so. How's y'all's day been? How's your week been so far? Well, I couldn't wait to meet you. Well, good. I've had a, a good week. I'm kind of getting rid of stuff. <laughs> that's good. Decluttering. Yeah, yes, decluttering. Yes, yes. I think all, all of us are. 
I think when you sit in a house for a week, you start to scan the house and like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. Why is this in here? Yes, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. I see a lot of people in my neighborhood have a garage sale and people cleaning out their garages and houses. So yeah, I get it. And also That's putting cool. things out on the street for free. I've been seeing yeah. a lot of that around here, just driving around. Actually, we yes. saw a stove on the street. It was actually a, a wolf stove. It was really nice. But the yes. front glass was broken. So, um, I mean, if someone's mm. willing to replace that, they, they have an awesome stove for free. Yeah. yeah. Well, ladies, it is such a pleasure for you to be in um, on this call with us. And we are thankful for your input. And we're excited to hear the wisdom that's coming from you guys. So without further ado, like my, my sis Jennifer likes to always say, let's get into <laughs> the interview. Um, our first question is directed to both of you. Um, and we ask this of all of our, our guests. Uh, for our listeners, can you tell us how you both came to faith in Christ? When did you have that unmistakable encounter with God, that road to Damascus experience? Either one of y'all. You want to go first? Uh, yes. You know, I grew up in the South and I grew up being taught about the Lord all my life. I never really, I heard the lessons, I understood them. I had my encounter. I'm a, I was a transit operator and we had a coworker who passed, but he also was a community person I knew. And he was an older gentleman. I went to his funeral. I had a break, four hour break. And I went to his funeral and during the, mm -hmm. the eulogy, the preacher talked about our soul salvation. He talked about our eternal destination. And it was during the funeral that I was blinded to the world and wanted to have, I wanted to have a relationship with the Lord. And I left that funeral. I worked in San mm -hmm. Francisco, uh, San Pablo at the time was in Berkeley. And I called brother Jones, I called the church and he was, He's, uh, he would always be at the church and he answered. And I told him that I wanted to get baptized. And he said, when? And I said, now. And I met him and Sam Richardson, who also worked in mm. transportation, but in Alameda County. And he took a break and came and baptized me. It was October the 7th, 2002. And uh, I have been uh, blessed to say that God has been shaping and molding my life ever since. And every day that I live, he, he becomes even more of a priority in everything that I do. Okay. I was, uh, my daddy was the first person to be born, to be baptized in the Sugarland Church of Christ. And so all of us were uh, Church of Christ members. My mom and daddy had 12 kids and I was the fourth one. And so all 11 of us, because one died when he was a baby. So I'm thinking I was about 12 years old or 13 years old because uh, Brother Sebron and uh, Brother Alexander, Brother Stewart, they really did preach sound doctrine. And you couldn't help but to understand that uh, God was calling, you know. I, I didn't know at 12 years old what that meant, however, I do know that that is what happened. And then the second question was, uh, could you read it to me? Mm -hmm. I don't want to look at it. No, no problem. When did you have an unmistakable encounter with God? Um, 
the road to Damascus experience, if you will? I'll tell you when I had it. And uh, uh, one night, uh, one day I came home after work and uh, I sat down with my, my daughters and uh, scriptures to them while Robert was cooking because I finished eating. I went into a community to uh, do some work. And uh, I saw the sadness in my children's faces because I had made it a habit. And so bottom line is when I came home and I saw them, I had time, but I have to be honest, I, I ignored it. And uh, I've been in that trance for all these years because I had two good daughters. And uh, uh, this is an opportunity right here for me to better strengthen myself because uh, my goal is to uh, allow God's word to transform me so I can do uh, what he has asked me to do. And it's not a trade-off, it's just that I need him to answer my prayers. Uh, and and I'm, in, I'm still in that transformation. I'm gonna stay right with God. Uh, I want my two daughters to come back to the fold. And I have no shame saying that. None. Okay, so now we're going to jump into question number two, which is who baptized you and what circumstances surrounded that decision? Now, I know you, you went over uh, somewhat briefly about who, who baptized you and the circumstances, but um, we think that these testimonies are very powerful. Um, as far as uh, baptism. So, uh, Sister Harden, um, if we could start off with you. Okay, um, I was uh, 12 years old, I believe. And uh, I forget if it were Brother Alexander or if it were Brother uh, Stewart or Brother Sebram. I forget which one it was. But uh, one of my one of those ministers uh, who was also the minister at Sugarland Church of Christ uh, baptized me because at that time we had a very strong family where we prayed together every night and our mother uh, read scriptures to us and discussed things with us and uh, you know everything was so inviting God was inviting us to come the scriptures invited us you know. Even at 12, I knew God was good, and I knew I would be safe uh, in the church. I knew he would look out for me. I knew that he was not on our level, even at 12 years old. I knew that he was, he could do miraculous things. And I knew that he had prepared a home for me at age 12. And I always wanted to go, you know, once I leave this side. Amen. Amen. That's it. Thank you. Mr. Hubbard. You're welcome. Um, Brother Sam Richardson baptized me. Uh, and as I, my life had, I had a, tur a turbulent beginning of life. And I knew that there was some, somebody greater than myself that loved me unconditionally. And it, the 
road to Damascus, at Damascus was when God showed me that it was him. Even in all the teaching and all the praying and all the church involvement I was doing, it had not become personal for me. Mm-hmm. But on October the 7th, it became personal for me. And it is truly a transformation. It is a continuous transformation. And I know that it is a relationship that I will carry with me until I take my last breath. And I'm thankful, as Sister Hardy said, his words are inviting. He, you know, he wants us to love him and to be a part of his life. And so, um, Sam Richardson, October 7, 2002. All right. Amen. Thank you. Okay, ladies, well, thank you for giving us some insight on how you came to Christ. Um, I really want to thank you, and I really appreciate the fact that you remind us that it is a continuous journey. It is a transformation. You do not arrive when you get older. You know, it, it's, it is something that is continuous. So I appreciate you, and uh, that encourages me to continue on. So, <clears throat> But our next question is going to be directed to Sister Hubbard. Sister Hubbard, uh, what is the root of vanity and why is it considered to be one of the seven deadly sins? You know, when I looked at that question and the word vanity stood out for me and I realized the two parts to it, the root of vanity and the seven deadly sins. Vanity began when in Genesis, the third chapter, and if you look at verse four and it said, when the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the days you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That was the first example to me where the flesh wanted to be something that it was not. It wanted more than it already had. God had created this this paradise with everything that a human being can, can, can need. But the serpent convinced Eve that there was more that she can achieve and she could have. And to me, that was the beginning of vanity. The question of the, the seven deadly sins in my research, the seven deadly sins are not biblical. Uh, to, from my reading and research, it seems to have originated <clears throat> from the Catholic, Catholic, Catholic doc, doctrine. Uh, But in the process, it talks about the different sins, which are the fruit of the flesh. They are are sin. Uh, This particular vanity, vanity is like a siphon. It has to be fed. Vanity has to be, it can't live on its own. It got to have gluttony and all the other components in it. And so when you say, why is it the worst? Because it opens the door for all the other sins lust, uh, adultery, for all the other sins. Uh, anytime you have a, a desire or a hunger for something, your appetites only get bigger. That's why if you ever look at a siphon hose or a uh, funnel, it starts out small, but the top is bigger. And so that's the same way that vanity works. Um, I hope that answered the question. I don't want to extend it. To yeah, of course. Okay. That was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, we and and I I'm 
I tend to put some some things in there. So the phrase seven deadly sins, I put that in the question because I did want this to be a learning experience. A lot you hear a lot of people in culture say seven deadly mm-hmm. sins. Um, I smiled because I was like, yay, she. You know, yeah. she kinda, like she answered it. You know, <laughs> because a lot of people think that that is biblical and it's not. And um, yeah. and and people, there's no sin that's above the neck. So I appreciate you right. for saying that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and, and also how um, so the title is disobedient diva, and and it's actually a play on words because mm-hmm. diva, mm-hmm. um, like you were saying, um, in Gen- Genesis. Um, one um, man wanting to be like God or deified mm-hmm. and honestly um, diva um, here I'm going to go to uh, it's etymo on our etym online it's e-t-y-m-o dot com, and it's saying that diva is a noun um, it says that it's this as a d- distinguished woman singer or prima donna 1864 mm-hmm. from Italian diva goddess fine lady from Latin diva goddess feminine of divas mm-hmm. a god divine one related to deus or deus deus god mm-hmm. deity and so basically the root of the meaning of the word diva is goddess or to be deified as a god and so you know, Genevieve and I were having this conversation about, you know, because you hear this in pop, you hear the word diva in popular culture, but mm-hmm. you won't even hear uh, sisters in Christ refer yeah. to each other as a diva. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, diva. we should not be because <clears throat> it's basically <laughs> referring to one another as being a god or goddess, yeah. goddess uh, deifying yeah. ourselves. So um, I just wanted to also um, point to that because people may think, well, why is it disobedient diva? And it's like, well, we shouldn't be calling ourselves divas. We're daughters of God, but we're not mm-hmm. divas of God so, or gods ourselves. So, yeah. That concludes another episode of Soap Talk. We want to thank you for joining us today. Please join us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. as we delve back into the topic. So thank you so much. God bless and we love you. Bye. Bye.